0: Welcome to the World Beyond the tale, the Page Day American Gods podcast. I'm your host James, and today we're reading page 73. A door in the hallway opened. A sleepy female voice said, Is something wrong? Nothing is wrong, my sister, said Zorya Uchernaya. Go back to sleep. Then she turned to Chernabog. See? See what you do with all your shouting? You go back in there and sit down. Sit. Chernabog looked as if he were about to protest, and then the fight went out of him. He looked frail suddenly frail and lonely. The three men went back into the shabby sitting room. There was a brown nicotine ring around the room that ended about a foot from the ceiling, like a tide line in an old bathtub. "'It doesn't have to be for you,' said Wednesday to Chernabog, unfazed. "'If it is for your brother, it's for you as well. That's one place you dual elastic types have it over the rest of us, eh?' Chernabog said nothing. "'Talking of Beelabog, have you heard anything from him?' Chernabog shook his head. Then he spoke, staring down at the threadbare carpet. None of us have heard of him. I am almost forgotten, but still they remember me a little here and in the old country. He looked up at Shadow. Do you have a brother? No, said Shadow, not that I know of. I have a brother. They say you put us together, we are like one person, you know? We are When we are young, his hair, it is very blonde, very light, and people say he is the good one. In my hair, it is very dark, darker than yours even. And people say I am the rogue, you know. I am the bad one. And now time passes, and my hair is gray. His hair, too, I think, is gray. And you look at us, you would not know who was the light, who was dark. Were you close? asked Shadow. Close? asked Shernoborg. No, we were not close. How could we be? We cared about such different things. There was a clatter from the end of the hall, and Zorya Vetrunyaya came in. Supper in one hour, she said, then... She went out. Chernobog sighed. She thinks she is a good cook, he said. She was brought up. There were servants to cook. Now there are no servants. There is nothing. Not nothing, said Wednesday. Never nothing. And that's our page. Here, Zorya Pushinaya wakes briefly to ask if something's wrong, but she doesn't appear on camera, as it were, so we'll leave her alone until we meet her more directly. Chernobog is scolded by Zorya Utrinaya and... And what will become a familiar sight, an old god sags a bit and looks frail and lonely. There's a lot of these sorts of moments of of despondence or hopelessness from some of the old gods. And it's it's interesting to note, and I'll make notes of it as they arrive and as I recognize it. It's definitely a result of the rise of the new gods, and there's a distinct drop in the number of worshippers the old gods are getting. Sometimes when these emotions are described, we'll get an idea for how the old gods scrape by, but instead here we get a discussion of siblings. Oh, um, the narrator also makes mention of a nicotine ring around the room close to the ceiling. I remember seeing it in a friend's house growing up, but I don't think it's as common anymore because people will smoke outside instead. Nicotine can discolor skin, which is why Chernobog's fingers are yellowed. But it can also discolor paint and wallpaper. That the room has the ring, as well as a threadbare carpet, and it was also mentioned as a shabby sitting room, Uh, shows both the age of the apartment, the situation that Chernobog and his sisters are living in, and is just another note, a way of noting that the old gods have very little. As they, as Chernobog says at the bottom of the page, nothing, while Wednesday attempts to protest that it's never nothing. But I guess we can discuss that a little bit more tomorrow. We also get the name of Chernobog's brother here, Beelabog. The light side variant slash palette swap. Collect them all. Uh, he does not... Uh, well, it's debatable whether or not he appears in the novel, I think. And we can talk about that when we get to the end of the book. He is presented sometimes, as it's mentioned on the page, as being the light side to Chernobog's dark. But when I was researching around, apparently there's quite a bit of doubt as to whether the two existed as a dualistic entity in Slavic mythology. It makes me wonder if Neil would have considered making him a light-dark pairing for the purposes of the novel now. I think so. It works well to talk about the dualistic nature of people as well as gods so maybe and i couldn't find anything super specific about whether or not they are a pair just that there's a few places that noted that it may not be quite as simple there may be two separate gods that someone misconstrued and slapped together as a as a light and dark pairing uh wednesday and the norse pantheon are distinctly white and here we have another Caucasian-slash-Caucasian-adjacent pantheon, and I wonder if that says more about Wednesday than it does about the novel as the whole, or even more about what it says about America. I think it's also interesting Shadow doesn't just say, no, he doesn't have a brother. He says, no, not as far as I know, which it could just be him being diplomatic and playing his part in helping Wednesday recruit Chernobog, but it also Could be that he's being truthful we don't get a lot of information about shadow's family life throughout the novel and at this point we don't have we have barely anything really so i guess for now we'll keep an eye on it but i think it is definitely a nod to shadow not really knowing that much about his mother especially his mother's life before he was born he could have a brother who knows uh, Shadow's response about brothers, we get a fairly lengthy paragraph from Chernabog about his brother. I think it's probably a response from Neil about how early Christians placed their good and evil black-and-white system onto other groups of deities, which I just talked about, and my notes are out of order, so I apologize for that. But it's something we can talk about, too. There are uh, maybe one or two voodoo scenes And that was a big thing um, when, well, I'm not going to get into the history of voodoo now, but it will come up again. Chernobog then claims that both his hair and Beelobog's hair are going gray, which means no one's probably going to be able to tell them apart anymore, which is a literal thing. But it's also, I think, a nod to identity within the novel and how it affects people like Shadow for certain, but it also affects the gods. And if these two brothers look the same and are two sides of the same coin, is it really possible for one of them to be all good and the other to be all evil? We can also consider it how when we think about the titular American gods and their counterparts, Wednesday to Odin, for instance, the American iterations aren't exactly the same as the original versions from whichever countries they're coming from. So if you went to Ireland... In the context of the novel, you would probably be able to find the original Mad Sweeney, but he would probably be significantly more Irish, not the Americanized Irish version we get when we meet Sweeney earlier. But I'm veering straight off from podcast into essay, so I'm going to finish up, I guess. Chernobog mentions that they have nothing while Wednesday fights back, and Wednesday is doing okay for himself, it seems like. He can charm people. The Norse pantheon wasn't completely unknown in America, even in 2001, though certainly the Marvel Cinematic Universe has made Thor, Loki, Odin, and the rest quite a bit more well-known than they have been. But in 2001, maybe Thor? People might have known Odin or might have known Loki if they were comic readers or mythology people or something, but I don't know that I would have been able to name more than just one. So, if... If that's the case, how many people in 2001 would have been able to place Chernobog? One in 10,000? One in 100,000? I don't know, but I could be wrong. It's a discussion we can continue on the next page. So get in touch with us at theworldbeyondthetale at gmail.com or on Twitter at worldbeyondpod. Thank you to Julian Granganage for his version of St. James' Infirmary Blues, which we use as our theme song. And thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another page, and remember... Only the gods are real.